This gospel fact. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. We gather before the throne of a living Lord Jesus Christ. We have sung already that He is the Lamb in glory upon the throne. And now we ask for divine help as we open the precious Word of God. As we hear more of the story of Jesus, do write His presence within our hearts. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We would like to turn this uh, morning to John chapter 11. We want to read some verses from this uh, whole chapter having to do with the raising of Lazarus from the dead. I think you probably know the details of the story. Jesus had three very close friends in Bethany. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were in the same family. And we know that Lazarus became very sick, and Mary and Martha sent a, a, a note to Jesus, who was away, to come because her, their brother was sick. And of course, we know that Lazarus died. And Jesus came four days late. But in the will of God at the perfect time. Now we want to read some verses in this story. And we'll begin in verse 21. So now Jesus comes and sees Martha and Mary in Bethany. Verse 21. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not, not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. And then we know that Mary, the sister, came to Jesus. And we begin reading in verse 32. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled, and said, Where have you laid it? Then they said, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? Jesus said, 
其中有人说，他既然开了瞎子的眼睛，岂不能叫这这人不死吗？So Jesus, again being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus had removed the stone. And Martha, the sister of the deceased, said, "Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days." Jesus又心里悲叹，来到坟墓前。那坟墓四个洞有一块石头挡着。耶稣说：“你们把石头挪开。”那死人的姐姐马大对他们对他说：“主啊，他现在必是臭了，因为他死了已经四天了。”Jesus said to her, "Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God?" So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, "Father, I thank you that you have heard me." I knew that you always hear me, because of the people standing around. I said it so that they may believe that you have sent me. Jesus said,我不是对你说过，你若信，就必看见神的荣耀吗？你们就把石头挪开。耶稣举目望天，说：“父啊，我感谢你，因为你已经听我。我也知道你常听我，但我说这话是为周围站着的众人，叫他们信，信是你
那我们讲我们看到我是的时候，我们知道有一个实际在那里，因为他讲到我是。Now how can we gain this reality？那我们怎么样能够进入这个实际里面？Now what do we have to do for the I am to show up in the midst？那我们要做什么，我们才能够看到这个我是才能够在我们当中呢？The only thing we need to do is realize he's already here as the I am。我们所需要做的是，我们知道他现在已经在我们当中，我们就知道他是我们的我是。in every case, he was there, but they didn't realize he was there. And so we've looked at some of these stories where Jesus reveals himself as the I am to the people of God. Now John, in order to recover the reality, goes back all the way to the beginning. In the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it goes on to say, in this one was life, and this life became the light of men. And so we see that when the I am is present anywhere, there is life, and there is light. We looked at John chapter 3 and the story of Nicodemus. Now there was a man seeking for the kingdom of God. He thought that he would understand the kingdom of God if he just gained some more knowledge and he came to Jesus asking questions. But Jesus stood there with Nicodemus and said, You don't need knowledge. You can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. You need life to enter the kingdom of God. You need the life that comes because Jesus died on the cross and rose again. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You see, as soon as Nicodemus received that life, and he did, immediately he saw the kingdom. Immediately he entered the kingdom. Immediately he saw the king. Now we know he was born again because at the end of the gospel we see him carrying Jesus' body and putting it in the tomb. And spending money to fix up the the body in honor of Jesus.我们知道他从生，因为我们在这个福音书的末了，我们看到他啊，就是带着主的身体，把他放在坟墓里面，并且去做一些修饰的工作。Now we we as Christians want to live in the abundance of life, as Jesus said, "I have come that you might have life and have it abundant." 那我们做基督徒想要做，想过一个，想要有一个丰盛的生命，就像我们的主所说的，我来是要你们得着生命，并且得得更丰盛。But many times we get busy, busy with living, and His life isn't with us.有时候我们很忙，所以他的生命就不在我们里面。It's a matter of fact, anything that counts as reality in the kingdom or in the church has to be born out of the life of God, whether our works. Our service for our worship.所以这些国度的实际里面都是要从这个教会的这个实际的生命里面，不论是我们的服饰或是我们所做的。So if we want reality,如果我们要实际的话，it's His life in the midst of the church that brings us as reality.是他的生命在教会里，让让带我们进入实际里面。Jesus was the life that Nicodemus needed.那耶稣就是尼哥底母所需要的这个生命。Now Jesus also said, "I am the light of the world." And you remember we studied John chapter nine where there was a blind man. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and then he healed the blind man as a sign that he is the light of the world. You see, to live in a reality, we might need to live in the light of God and of his word. Many people busy doing many things, many works, many things in the church, but it's not done in the light. And 
It's not really what the Lord wants. It's what we think He wants. But when we see the light, and we live in the light of God, we fellowship with one another. And we become the lampstand upon which the light of God is shown to the world. He is the light. Without His light, we don't know where to go. But when we realize He's the light right now, we see the light showing, shining on our way, showing us the steps we should take. And then we look to John chapter 10. Because there's a story that follows upon the healing of the blind man. Now what's the result coming into the new life and of seeing the light? There's an end in view. And, and what is that? In chapter 10 we see that Jesus in the end of verse 16 that Jesus would be one shepherd with one flock. When we see the light, when we see the light of Jesus, then we discover something else about the I am. And what is that? I am the good shepherd. I have one flock. I am the one shepherd. Now you remember the story. You see, here's that thing. When the blind man was healed, he was kicked out of the Jewish flock. And when Jesus heard that, he said, Well, welcome into my flock. Jesus said, I have one flock. And if I am your shepherd, I will lead you in and out and give you life. The Jews kicked him out of the synagogue. That was their fold. The shepherds said, Out! Out! The good shepherd came to the blind man and said, Come in, come in. And so Jesus Revealed that in order for us to live in church reality as a corporate flock, we need one good shepherd over us. And when people are under this one shepherd, we go in and out and find life and sustenance and protection. You see, we have a reality among us when he is in the midst, being who he is. Now we come to the story in John chapter 11. Now how does Jesus show up in a time of death? I am the resurrection and the life. This is what Jesus reveals to Mary, Martha, and his disciples. This was the last of his seven signs. And this was the greatest of his signs. And this is what led the Jewish leaders to say he must die. It was the raising of Lazarus that caused him to be sent to the cross. Because he came in the moment of death and said, I am the resurrection and the life. Now this is a very important matter for us to get hold of as Christians. This matter of his being the resurrection and the life is something that we as the church need to begin to live in the reality of it. But it's the deepest of the signs and of the I It's something we have to see with spiritual eyes. You see, we can see immediately 
that Mary and Martha and the disciples. By this time, they had believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Now that's wonderful. Their eyes had been opened. And even as Martha said, I believe that you are the Messiah. In chapter 11, verse 27, she says that. You are the Christ. They believe that. But they did not believe in this matter of Jesus being the resurrection and the life. You see, they didn't understand this matter. Do we understand this matter? When does Jesus come to us as resurrection and life? Something has to happen before he can reveal himself as resurrection and life. And what is that? Death. Now, Martha, when she saw Jesus, and Mary, when she saw Jesus, they understood he was the Messiah. But they didn't understand the resurrection and the life. Because they said, Master, if you had only been here, you could have prevented Lazarus' dying. And of course, we know this is probably true. But what would Jesus have done? He would have healed Lazarus. But Lazarus would live a few more years and die. So Jesus would have suspended his death. Or perhaps delayed his death. But Jesus knew it was more important that they understood he was the resurrection. Now Mary and Martha, they loved Lazarus, and they said, please, please, give us a few more years with Lazarus. I don't know if you want to take a vote, but I think most of you want to live just as long as you can. But there's something that's learned at the time of death. And in order to teach his precious ones this lesson, he had to wait for Lazarus to die. Now we see that the disciples also did not understand this revelation. Because after they heard Jesus predict that he would go to Jerusalem and suffer at the hands of the leaders and die and be raised again the third day, his disciples tried to prevent him from going to Jerusalem and dying. Once again, we want you to live just as long as you possibly can. But until he died, he could not be to us the resurrection and the life. And so he said, I am glad for your sakes that Lazarus has died. In order that you might believe something deeper, I am the resurrection and the life. Now let's think about Lazarus for a moment. Lazarus was somebody that Jesus loved. In some ways, although he wasn't a disciple as per se, he was a friend of the Lord Jesus. When Jesus wept, the people immediately said, Oh, look how much he loves Lazarus. And Lazarus represents all of us. Man. Sick unto death. Going to die. Having to die. For every man there's given a course of life and then you die. I don't know if you've noticed this, but Jesus hates death. Why? Well, Paul calls it the last enemy. Our last enemy is death. 
就是死。But Jesus hated it for further reasons, spiritual reasons. 那耶稣是有更深的原因恨恶这件恨恶死。You know what death is a testimony of? 那你知道死是什么的见证吗 ？Death is a testimony that Satan has won. 那这个这个见证乃是撒旦得胜的见证。That that that sin has taken its wages. 那就是。啊，这个死的工罪的工价乃是死，就是他已经走了他的工价。It's a testimony in every one of Adam, of the race of Adam, that we have fallen, that sin takes its toll, and that death is inevitable. 那见证说，这个属于亚当的犯了罪，然后这最终就是得出这个死亡。And every person bears that testimony. 那所有的人都有这个见证。And when somebody is sick unto death. 那一个人病危的时候。It's as if Satan is winning yet another victory. 那好像就是撒旦又要得着另外一个胜战。We thank God through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. 但是我们感谢我们主，他的复活。Death lost its sting. 那这个死已经失去了它的毒钩。Death no more has dominion over us. 死已经不能再掌管我们。But until the time of Jesus' death, death reigned in all men. 但是，一直到我们耶耶稣基督的死的时候，就是死亡是掌管着人类。Now, when Jesus came to the situation, as we read that shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. 当耶稣来到这个地方的时候，当我们看到这圣经最短的一节的时候，说到耶稣哭了的时候。Now it doesn't say why. 他没有说为什么。And there's probably more reasons than we understand. 但是我们想说，应该有更多的原因是比我们。The people around said, "Oh, look how much he loved Lazarus." 那大部分的人都说他何等的爱拉撒路。Perhaps that's part of the reason he was weeping. 或许这是他哭的原因。Or perhaps it was Mary who was fallen at his feet and weeping and weeping and weeping. 或许是玛利亚在他的脚前一直哭，一直哭，一直哭。Or perhaps it was all the people as he looked around and saw everyone under the curse of death. 或是他往周遭去看，所有的人都在这个。罪，这个罪，还有这个死亡的这个，呃，这个阴影之下。And he realized the great tragedy among all mankind that all of us must die. 那看到人类的这个惨剧，就是所有的人都即将面临死亡。There's great weeping in these last couple of weeks. 那有许多的哭泣在过去几周。Those people up in Connecticut don't know if they'll ever get over it. 在康州的这些人所经历的，我们不知道他们是否能够胜过这一切。One of our brothers in Manhattan works for a magazine, and he had to go up to Connecticut on assignment this week. 那我们有一个弟兄在曼哈顿一起聚会的，那他是在杂志社做做事，那他是被派到康州去。He went up into this village where there's just such a a burden and a sense of sorrow in the whole community. 他到这个村庄里面，他这个感觉里面是充满着悲伤，整个社区里面就是相当的悲伤。And our brother spent the day taking photos for the Billy Graham team of counselors that were there sharing the Lord Jesus with those who were bereaved. 那他就在那边照相，为着格里汉所派的这些他们那组的人为他们拍照。They shared with them the gospel. 那他与他们分享福音。They tried to encourage them regarding the resurrection and the life. In fact, dear brothers and sisters, I personally believe that these children at this young age were not held responsible for their sins and are in the presence of God. I personally believe that these children at this young age were not held responsible for their sins and are in the presence of God. I personally believe that 那我相信，在你到一个年龄之后啊，你就能够明白罪恶。那你开始要讲到这个救恩的问题。Now we don't know the mystery of all of this。那我们不知道这一切的奥秘。But I have to be persuaded that many of these who were five years old, seven years old, went into the bosom of the Lord when they died。但是我深信，这五岁、这些七岁的这些孩子，他们死了之后，他们确实到了这个主的怀抱里。This is a great Truth to comfort our hearts that the resurrection and the life comes at a time of death. 那我们实在是让我们欣慰的就是这复活生命是在死亡的时候我们能够明白。There's a special sorrow in our our little group that meets in Manhattan this week. 那在曼哈顿聚会的
There was a dear young nurse who was 26 years old who died this week from cancer. And we all had been praying for her for quite a while. Some of the sisters had shared the gospel with her time and time again. We uh, even laid hands on her and prayed for her in this matter of healing. But she died. And it brings sorrow. And Jesus in his humanity is somebody who's touched by the sorrow that's in this world. But thank God he didn't have to leave us weeping and grieving with no hope. It's at that very moment of death that Jesus comes and says, I am here now as the resurrection and the life. Let's see what happened in the story. Now, Jesus spoke in verse 23 of John 11 and said to Martha, Your brother will rise again. And in verse 24, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Now, I want to make a distinction here. I hope you can understand this. Martha had hope, the blessed hope of the resurrection that would come in the last day. But Jesus wanted her to have faith that right now he is the resurrection and the life. Now, when Jesus said, Your brother will rise again, she immediately thought of the future, where the blessed hope is that, yes, I believe he will rise in the resurrection in the last day. But there we see in verse 25 and 26 that Jesus makes two statements as, as one statement regarding what it means for him to be the resurrection and the life. First in verse 25 he says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Now he's going to make two statements in these two verses. One I say from the earthly perspective and one from my heavenly perspective. Now verse 25 is the earthly perspective. Why? Because he says he will die. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, he will live. Now this is a statement of what he will do through his cross and resurrection in bringing life after death. Now the Christian faith has the most wonderful understanding of what will happen when we die. When we die, we live. And not just live in some kind of nebulous way, but we live in a full life, body, soul, spirit, because of the resurrection and the life. There is no religion on this earth that touches the afterlife so uh, perfectly and so specifically as to who we will be after we die. Now, I don't know what view of the afterlife you hold. Some believe when you die, you'll come back as a monkey. 
Because you probably weren't so good in his life. Some believe when you die, you just go to the dust and you're no more. Some believe when you die, you go into, you fit into this large ooze of being and you lose your personality and the being of something heavenly. Right. And some believe when you die, you enter into nothingness. If you believe that, I just hope you don't become that. You know, you know how some people in school are very quiet, they never ever give an answer. Now you know I'm not talking about me. I always raise my hand. But my wife and I were in a class in college together. And we were studying comparative religions, you know, Hinduism, Buddhism, Confucianism, Christianity. And we had a very liberal, high thinking teacher who basically believed, you know, you can be anything. So he was talking about what heaven. He says, "Oh, it's no streets of gold. It's stuff." He says, "What do you think heaven's going to be like?" Now my wife never talks up. She's a silent one who takes her courses but never speaks up. But for some strange reason, she spoke up to that question. What do you think heaven is like? And she answered, What if it was whatever you believe it is? Now, wouldn't that be something? Now, if you think you end up in a big blob uh, in the sky, that's what you become. If you think you're going to be a monkey, that's what you become. There's all these foolish. Uh, unclear, nebulous ideas about what the afterlife holds. I tell you, that's foolishness. Because we know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And when you are raised from the dead, if you believe in Him, you will be a glorified human being. You'll be a body, soul, and spirit, and personality forever. You won't be floating in a cloud. You'll be on the ground with wonderful, transformed glory and holiness. Because He is the resurrection and the life. It's very exact. If we die, we don't die. Beyond the grave, it isn't dust, it's life. Then he says the second thing. Now, from the heavenly perspective, in verse 26, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Now, brothers and sisters, dear saints of God, now we need to come to understand what Jesus means by this. Let me say it straight out. If you believe in Him, and you live in Him, you'll never die. Forget death. It's fake. From the earth's perspective, we say when somebody dies, they're asleep. Because their body laid in state is over in this corrupt body. And we say they're asleep. But you're not asleep. You never die. What did Paul say? When I'm absent from the body, what does he say? I sleep for a thousand years. 
Absent from the body, present with the Lord. You just come into a greater life. Sins, limitations, corruptions, sicknesses, all done away. Now I know Christians who are just committed to keeping people alive as long as they can. You actually want to add a couple of years to your life? Now, is the life here in this world really that good? Is the American dream so wonderful that you wouldn't leave it for glory? It's only because we're selfish. And we love our loved ones. We want to stay here. We say, honey, be miserable here. Because I don't want you going home to joy and glory. Now think about that. Well, of course we need to take care of our parents. We don't see them get sick at 70 and we say, I'm putting you outside so you can die quicker. But we need to have the hope and the faith I am the resurrection and the life. Now do you see what he says to Mary in the very next sentence? Do you believe this? Now I'm not talking about Jesus as a hope of the future. I'm talking about a present belief. And in a sense he's saying, if you believe I'm the resurrection and the life now, your brother will rise now. As a sign of who he was. Well, Martha couldn't quite take it all in. So she said, oh, well, 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 I believe you're the Messiah. She left it at that. But this is a wonderful truth, dear brothers and sisters. He is presently. The resurrection and the life. This is the heavenly point of view. If you believe and you live in me, you'll never die. See the suit I got on? The fancier suit I got. My my wife forced me to go out and get this for James and Stephanie's wedding. Hey, but when I die, I'm going to have a better suit. And from the earthly side, you might not recognize me. We need to be those who believe now he's the resurrection and the life. And wherever we see death about us, we realize that it's only a freedom that believers have come into. Now, if just preventing death was the most important thing, Jesus would have gone around raising people up all over the place. But that was not his ministry. He came to bring eternal resurrected life. Much, much more important than a few more years on this earth. And so Jesus came and said, I'm glad for your sakes. Amazing to say, I'm glad for your sakes, Lazarus has died. Can you imagine how, uh, let's look at it, chapter 11 and verse 14 and 15. So, so Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe. Now let us go to him. Now, 
What do you think the disciples must have thought when he said, "I'm glad for your sakes"? Jesus knew he was going to raise him from the dead. But the disciples had no idea who they were dealing with. Brothers and sisters, when you come to the moment of death, you're going to meet the I am the resurrection and the life face to face. And he will tell you, you see, you didn't die, now you're with me. And join with these many, many believers. Wonderful, our future. Now, as we've pointed out in all of our meditations on these IMs, this has application for us today as the church. It's a very principle that we have to come and understand in our experience that He is the resurrection and the life, and it comes at moments of death. You know, this year has been a very interesting year. Turns out the Mayan calendar was wrong. But in some senses, we do sense weakness, sickness, death. Among us. There is that which is of the natural man in us that uh, when it comes to the things of God finds a tremendous sense of inertia coming into play in our Christian lives. Now I trust you've been pursuing the Lord this year and reading His Word. You probably claim some precious promises you saw in his word. Maybe you were here during Memorial Day. We had a wonderful weekend speaking about the recovery of the testimony of the church. You said to yourself, yes. I'm going to be one of those stones built together to make that wall of the city. Yes, we're going to be the church of Antioch, transcending race and language and culture. Or maybe, I think it was just a few years ago, we had a weekend seminar on the, the family and raising children and husbands and wives. Now, when you heard those things, I bet you said, Yes, I'm going to be subject to my husband. The brother said, Yes, I'm going to love my wife as Jesus loved the church. And, and we are going to raise our children in the grace and, and the instruction and discipline of the Lord. It's amazing how we make these uh, intentions. But have you noticed when we begin to work them out how our natural man cannot rise to the call? We find an inertia setting in. It's our natural man. Now the natural wife will do anything but subject themselves to their husband. The natural man can't love his wife like Christ loved the church. And neither can children be obedient to their parents as much as they say, yes, I'm going to be obedient. Uh, our natural life has got to die. We hear the call of the word of God and yet we find ourselves coming so short when we try to respond 
by His grace. As we think of this year 2012, there's many things that have has even even shaken our faith. Difficult times. Tragedies. Unanswered prayer. The loss of loved ones. The dear young saints in Manhattan have prayed and prayed and prayed for this Lisa who just passed away this week. Was that all in vain? There are things we can't understand, things that shake our faith. And we grow weary, even in serving. We have so many people who come here now on Sunday. Oh, how many more servants we need. Those who serve God's people. Who go and visit. Oh, the brothers sometimes here get overwhelmed by the tremendous need and their sense of little strength. You know, you can't assemble together for very long before you sense that inertia of our flesh just preventing that life and light of God to be functioning in our midst. So many problems. So few shepherds. What do we need? A revelation of Jesus in the midst of that death of the natural man. You know, the truth of the matter is the cross is working in all of our lives. Those who believe. And putting away and dealing with the flesh. Why? In order to bring us to resurrection ground. And spiritual life. It's that life in the spirit that overcomes. It's that indwelling life of Christ that enables us to do the things we are called to do. When you go through the Bible, you see so many moments where the men of God were discouraged as they saw the outward working of things. This morning, uh, in our devotional reading, we read uh, Haggai chapter 2. And Haggai was speaking to those older Faithful saints who had seen the original Temple of Solomon before it was destroyed. And now they were looking at this little foundation that uh, the rubble bowl and the brethren were trying to build as they were reconstructing the temple. And Haggai said this. When you people look at the present temple, are you discouraged in this day of small things? Do you think this is nothing when compared to the great glory of the Solomon's temple? Ah, but here's the resurrection of the life. Haggai says, The latter glory will be greater than the former glory. The Lord is about to shake all things. And I'll bring all the gold, all that is precious into the house of God. Some of the people thought they were sort of at the end. But Haggai said, you're just at the beginning. 
I wonder how many times Paul in his life in jail or because of sickness unable to do what he felt God wanted him to do. And how many times he must have grown weary of well-doing and of serving and laying down his life. You know, it's easy to get discouraged. To feel like things are coming to an end. You remember that little passage in Second Timothy where Paul has said, "You know, all of my brethren have left me, deserted me, except for one or two. 我们知道在提摩太后书，保罗讲到说是所有的圣徒，所有的弟兄们都已经离开我，除非呃只有一个人没有离开我。What is it that kept Paul going in such a time？那是什么事情让保罗能够持续下去呢？Everything seemed to be dying。那好像所有的人都死了。What was it？那是什么呢？He says, "I press on。他说他往前行，that I might know Him，让他能够更认识他。In the power of His resurrection，在他复活的生命里。In the fellowship of His suffering。在他呃苦难的这个交通里，I might attain the out-resurrection of the。那我能够得着在外在的这个呃的复活。In his time in prison, he laid hold of the resurrection and the life in Christ。那他在监狱里的时候，他已经抓住了基督的这个复活，死了复活的这个身体。And as he sat in prison, the New Testament was born. In his early life. And the Apostle John, there on the Isle of Patmos. There he was, exiled. Thinking perhaps the churches were coming to an end. They were declining. Leaving first love. Uh, running after other doctrine. Asleep, and then what happened? Just when he thought all things were dead, he saw a vision. And what did this Lord Jesus say to him? I am He that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Isn't that wonderful? I am either liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive. In that moment of seeming death, he saw the resurrection in the life. What seemed to be the death of the church was really only its beginning. Never sell the Lord short. We pray on Tuesday nights that people would come and pray on Tuesday nights. We have so many come on Sunday, not so many on Tuesday. Well, we prayed all year long for more people to come on Tuesday, and now at the end of the year, there's less people to come on Tuesday. Prayer meeting is something that makes people feel dead immediately. I believe the resurrection and the life can resurrect the prayer meeting. And bring it to the place it's supposed to be is the very reality of the heartbeat of the Lord in His church. He is the resurrection. One time I asked our brother Lance Lambert, about a particular church that had a testimony, a real testimony of Jesus at one time that had sort of lost it and become just another denominational sort of church. And and I asked my brother, well, what do you think about that, brother, uh, when you see the decline of a, a group that was so strong spiritually and became more and more diluted? And our brother said something to me I'll never forget. 
那我们的弟兄对我说一件事情，我是总不会忘记的。He these things which are done are built into the new Jerusalem and remain forever. He says the temporary tent of a particular group may fade away. But that which they have done in first love of the Lord will be in the new Jerusalem forever. 但是他们当初一起出的爱去行的，在新新耶路撒冷里面永远存存存留。So we come at the end of this year. 所以我们就来到这一年的末了。And there's so many things that we're tempted to say, Lord, if you'd only been here, things would have been better. 有的时候我们会想说，会想说，呃，主啊，如果你在这里的话，事情会何等的会更好。What does the Lord say? 那我们的主对我们说什么呢？ I am here. Those things that look dead to you are just the beginning in resurrection and life to me. If we felt some deadening effect of our natural life and flesh, do you know why we feel that? Because the cross has been faithfully working upon us, bring us into resurrection ground. I've heard it said by our brother Stephen Kong and others that Brother Sparks saw this matter of resurrection ground more clearly than had ever been revealed in any writings of the church that he had seen. 那斯百克弟兄所讲到关于复活的这个地位，乃是他所读到所有是最讲的最清楚的一个。So if you want to know more about the resurrection and life, read some from Brother Sparks.那如果你想要更进一步的明白这个复活还有生命的话，你们可以读斯百克的书。Now how many of you read Brother Sparks?你们有多少人读斯百克的书呢？How many of you know who Brother Sparks is?Yes，多少人知道斯百克是谁呢？The same five people.哇，同样的。<笑> Now I'm telling you, if you read Brother Sparks, you just can't read it with a soulish mind. This man speaks of spiritual life. May the Lord help us in this year. He comes to us in the midst of deadly things. In the midst of great problems. I'm sure the brothers go upstairs and have their meeting after lunch today. And they're almost afraid to bring out the list of problems they have. this is spiritual reality begins in the heart. It's full of Christ and full of the Spirit, and it works out through our lives. And you and I, who are just as feeble as any assembly I've ever known, but there have been times when together we have touched resurrection ground. And it is wonderful. When the Lord's in the midst, we touch resurrection ground. What a wonderful experience. May He increase His life in us this year. If you and I need to die a little bit more for His life to be seen in us, then that will be our portion. 
Now let's be jealous for his life. This next year, full of his life. Let the Lord deal with us. Because we believe, right now, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, if he die, yet shall he live. And he who believes and lives in me shall never die. Do you believe this? May we answer that question? Yes, Lord, we believe. Let's just have a few prayers as we think about this matter, as we look forward to what the Lord is doing in our lives in this coming year. Uh, and yeah, Lord, how we confess that how little do we experience, how little do we know you, Lord, as resurrection and life. Lord, we thank you for these words of encouragement, Lord, that uh, your resurrection and life is now. Lord, it is to be experienced, it is to be known, Lord, in, in all, Lord, that we go through. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that, Lord, in all that we experience in this world, so much of death, so much of uh, hopelessness, especially, Lord, when we go through this tragedy, we are reminded how this world has so little to, to live for. We thank you, Lord, that you came to have life and life more abundantly. You came that we may experience you as resurrection and life. Lord, we pray this will be our portion. Lord, may we believe in you. May we believe you as resurrection and life. Lord, that we may receive, that we may enter in. Lord, may your Holy Spirit, Lord, just continually kindle that within us. Lord, that we can always know you as resurrection and life. Oh, how, Lord, we pray, Lord, this will be Lord, our reality and our portion, Lord, today. Lord, in each moment, Lord, we just pray that our faith will be able to apprehend you. Lord, we pray that by Holy Spirit, Lord, we may truly know you as resurrection and life. Thank you so much for these words, and we pray this will truly be our experience. We pray and ask this in Christ's name. Amen.